Hey, this is Pastor Mark. You do not want to miss this week's podcast. You're going to laugh till you cry, but it's good tears. They're good tears. So, man, tune in. Listen to this podcast. It's going to inspire you, encourage you, and, and prayerfully help bring change that you desire in your life. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Good morning. Stand with me if you would, please. Hold your Bibles up high. If you don't have one, just cup your hand and act like you know what you're doing. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what the Bible says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God, and I boldly confess my mind is alert, my heart is receptive, and I'll never be the same again. Never, 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 in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Well, so excited for those of you watching online. As we're, I'm preaching, uh, I just want to remind you, if you have a prayer need, just text the prayer to 405-513-10. Put the prayer request in your name. And then we're praying over those in service, during service, starting next, well, next week we pray for yours. Uh, but we do want you to know, if you have a praise report, put praise or on there, let us know. That triggers the right category. It sends it to the right place. So again, prayer, the prayer request, your name, 405-513-10 while I'm preaching. Last week, I began a series on the characteristics of greatness. And, you know, there are a lot of Christians who... Uh, mistake greatness and humility they can be one and the same you can be greatly humble while you're being great in other words you realize any great thing that happens to us or through us is from God it's not so that we can be praised but so that God can be praised for his greatness in us and through us great things can happen as long as we allow God to be the one who causes the greatness outside of that we can become prideful and so it's very important that we think the way we should think about what God has called us to do and be. And so because as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Whatever you're thinking, you will probably eventually walk out. So it's very important. The Apostle Paul said, take every thought captive, make it obedient to Christ. Because there are thoughts that, that I have from time to time, even as a pastor, that I want to reach out and slap somebody. Most pastors will act like they don't think that. They do. I'm just telling you. They just ain't telling you. There ain't no pastor so pure that he just want, doesn't want to knock somebody into next year. You know, and, and, and there are some really, there are people that are sent your way to help you launch them into next year. Uh, and, and, and life itself is just filled with challenges and, and uh, opposition and criticism. But the reality is, a life in Christ, in God, is filled with opportunity and possibility, with overcoming. And so, as we look at what we're about to look at today in 2 Kings, and I'm going to walk through several scenarios, scriptural encounters or stories that will help us see what happens when people choose to believe God over those who oppose God and oppose the God in you. Right now... We're in a, one of the greatest spiritual battles I've ever seen in my lifetime. And we have, and, and I'm probably going to get in trouble with some of you, and some of you will love me more, and some of you will hate me more, and some of you probably aren't paying attention. But the reality is we, we are in really biblical-type times where we have a government that opposes 
the God that we serve, the churches that we serve. And you can, you can tell me that's not true all you want, but you're not going to convince me. We're in one of the greatest battles that we've ever experienced in our lives. And, and to think less of it than what it really is, we're going to be in trouble. We've got to realize that a year and a half ago, we were told to close our church doors, which I will never do again in my lifetime. I repent publicly before you. I repent before you that if it ever happens again, you'll throw me in jail and I will serve God from there. And, and you know, it's, the whole idea has been, in my opinion, to separate and to isolate and intimidate and manipulate. And, and here's the reality. I'm not trying to be naturally defiant, but I am being supernaturally defiant in that I know that the Bible tells us to gather together as we see the day drawing near that we're not to forsake coming together. And as much as I love online and people that can't get out and shut in and hospitals and can't, I'm all about it. But when we have the freedom that our country has given us over the past hundreds of years that we can come together and worship our Lord and Savior and we choose not to, to me, that's just not a good choice. And, and so I know that people have different opinions about church and so on, but the reality is we're better together than we are apart. And so there were four lepers in, in the book of First Kings, that, or Second Kings, that, that were cast outside the city during a famine. And back in that day, they had cities that were fortified, walls around them, and, and you, you, you couldn't just get in or ride a horse in. You had to, if the doors or the gates were closed, you had to either get over the wall or, or, or tear the gates down. You just couldn't get in. It wasn't easy. And so lepers were outcasts. They, they were not allowed to be in the midst of the rest of the population. Uh, and so there were four lepers outside the walls. There was a famine, city under siege. It was the worst of times. And so one of them finally, after sitting there, and I'd like to know this guy. I want to meet him when I get to heaven. When he says, looks at the other three guys and says, you know what, guys? If we go inside the walls, we're going to die anyway because they're starving to death. So if we go in, we're going to die. If we stay out here and just sit here outside the walls, there's no food. We're going to die. So they began to process what they needed to do. This was greatness happening in a moment that all of a sudden one of them decided, we're not just going to sit here and allow whatever might be to be. We're going to do something about our situation. So the one guy says, look, we know the Arameans who are holding this city under siege have horses, they have food, they have everything they need. But we also know that they know when they see us coming, if we were to go to that camp, that they're probably going to kill us. But if we stay here, we're going to die. If we go into the city, we're going to die. So why don't we just get up and see what would happen if we approached the Aramean camp? What would happen? They began to change the way they think. You see, great people are not great because of their skill. They're great because of their obedience to the gift and the skill God's put in them. And so a lot of people are skilled and gifted that will never exercise the gift or skill because they're paralyzed by fear and criticism. And so you're a great singer, but you don't sing. You, you got a great gift to be an attorney, but you, you, you're afraid to stand up in front of people and defend. All of these things are in us, but we don't get them out of us because of fear or criticism, a fear of being a failing or being criticized. So... Finally, 
the one leper convinces the other three, let's just move toward the Aramean camp. And you know what? If, if we're going to die, at least we'll die quick. And so they start approaching the camp. And the Bible says that what the Arameans heard was a sound of a great army coming their way. It instilled fear back in them. You see, the church has got to rise up and say, you know what? If we die, we die, but we're not going to die sitting here doing nothing. And so they began to approach the enemy's camp, and as they did, the enemies began to hear this, this sound of a great army, and it instilled such fear in them that they just left. They left the food. They left the horses. The Bible, I can't explain it. It just says they ran. So when the four lepers come dra dragging into the camp, can you? I've never seen a leper, but I can only imagine you got fingers falling off and toes. And true story. Google it. And these guys, all of a sudden, in a moment, greatness began to rise up in them. Sometimes. What, what you think the devil meant for harm and, and what your mama said to you or your daddy said to you, you were abandoned, you were rejected, you were left out, you were an outcast. All that was was God saying, there's greatness in you and I'm pulling on the greatness. It doesn't matter what they say about you. It doesn't matter what your GPA is. What matters is that you have a faith in God that says nothing can stop me. I am unstoppable. My God before me who can be against me, I'm rising up and I'm walking. God will clear a path. God will wipe out the enemies if you will obey him. You guys prayed you're responsible for my position here. I was living happily on an island. I hear this sound. You, you pull on people. I'll get to that in a moment. Greatness doesn't just happen by accident. It happens by design, by choices that we make. And they get there, and sure enough, there's food. There are horses. Now, in our human nature, I'm thinking about these lepers. I'm thinking, I got all kinds of things to say to the people in the city, like, nah, 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 nah. Starve, suckers, starve. Because that's our human nature. But they knew when once they saw all of this that God had used them. Four outcast lepers that nobody wanted to be around. Nobody wanted them to come into the city. And all of a sudden they have the wherewithal in the midst of the greatness. So please understand, if God is causing the greatness, God will use you to help other people become great. And they, they said, if, if we don't share this, God's not going to be happy. It's not going to work right for us. God gave us this plunder, not just for us, but he gave it to bless those inside the city. You see, sometimes opposition is all you need to become better. I had gone to college out of high school not prepared for it at all I got my degree in drunkenness halfway through the first semester I'd already graduated I was going into my master's drunkenness program 
you know what? Some of y'all got the same degree. And, and I, I wasn't, obviously, I wasn't living for God. I, I was satisfying the flesh. And so I, I dropped out of college and, and for the next two years lived this horrid life and, and finally got born again just before I was 21, which really was a wreck. I don't know why God did that because at 21, I could have done everything I was doing illegally. I could have done it legally. And all of you precious little saints, what's he mean by that? 21 was just another birthday for you. For those of us living like the devil, it was, hello, hell, here I come. And so I got born again, and, and, and I, over the period of a few years, there were people that would, you know, if you ever believe in prophecy, there were, and there were two ladies that was telling me, they were, it scared me because they said, you know, here's what God wants to do with you. And I'm thinking, you obviously don't know me or my past. And so finally, it registered one day that and I, I, they kept saying, you know, God wants to use you. And I said, God, have you ever prayed this kind of prayer? Be careful when you do. I said, God, if you really want to use me to preach, let somebody invite me to preach. The next day, two pastors called me and said, we want you to come and preach. I had never preached in my life. I thought, you guys are going to kill your church. And so I went, and, and the reason they wanted me to, because they figure if God can save Mark Crow, there's hope for almost anybody on earth. We just want, they didn't want to hear what I had to say. They just wanted me to scare the hell out of everybody. And that is the appropriate word for that context. He said, hell in church. We sang about it, too. See, we get real religious. We get real self-righteous. But the reality is, in that moment, what they wanted was God touched your life. There was no greatness. As a matter of fact, it was the opposite. And now God's doing some things in your life. Well, when I went, I started preaching a little bit after that. People started asking me to come. And, and you know, and so I finally one day, again, I did this crazy thing. I got, I had a great job all of a sudden. God was blessing me. I mean, I was driving a candy Apple custom design Corvette. Tell me God. I mean, God got to be on that. And so, I mean, I'm living for Jesus. I got a great job all of a sudden. Everything's going my way. And I feel this pull. I want you to go back to college, this time with a, pursuing a different degree. I want you to learn what you're talking about. I did the same dumb thing. I said, okay, God. If you want me to go back to college, I want you to sell this Corvette, and I'm not telling anybody it's for sale. I think God just shook his head and looked at Jesus and went, is there any hope? No exaggeration. I, I was living in a house in Broken Arrow outside of Tulsa. I had a roommate. And, and I was just loving Jesus. I was literally out in my Corvette, T-tops off, it was about 11 o'clock at night, and I'm listening to the Imperials. You remember the Imperials? Some of you old people will. Some of you young people going, what? What's that mean? One of the greatest Christian groups of all time in my estimation. And, and I was listening to the song, Heed the Call. God has a history of setting me up. 
So I, I'm, I'm listening to that, and I said, God, if you really want me to do this, sell the car. I get home. I walk in out of the garage. In, you know, the kitchen's right there. So on the kitchen table, and this was back before cell phones and all that stuff. This was good old day, landlines and all that. You know what I'm saying? You'll have to explain this to your children what a landline is when you get home. All right, now. And there's a note on the table. I'll never forget this guy's name. His name was Dewey Turney. Dewey Turney called and wants to buy your car. I didn't know who Dewey Turney was. I had no. Somehow this guy had seen me in town, and it was a standout Corvette. Let me tell you, it was a, if I had it today, anyway. I'm, <laughs> so I thought, oh, my. I mean, it was the same night I prayed the prayer. God is getting faster. I don't ever pray those prayers anymore because I'm afraid he'll answer it in a second. I called this guy the next day because it was late night, and I said, I don't know you. How did you, you know, how did you find me? How did you, well, you know, I saw you, and I just happened to ask somebody, you ever seen this Corvette? And Long story short, I said, okay, okay. I said, so you're interested. He said, I said, I'll tell you what, I'll meet you. And, and so I meet him, comes to my house, and I looked at him. This is, this, is, this is not the way to sell things. I looked at him. I said, let me tell you something. I said, I'm going to let you drive it around the block. And I said, here's how much I want for it. Don't even think about coming back and asking me to reduce the price. Do you understand me? And there are a couple of things wrong with it. I mean, I was creating things. You know what I'm saying? I was actually probably exaggerating. And, and so he drives it, comes back, and he, he looks at me. He says, you have a problem. I said, what's that? He said, I want to buy it for what you're asking. And I went, oh. <laughs> he bought the car. Now, here's the beauty of that story. On my, I'm trying to think of what spiritual birthday it was, probably my 20th spiritual birthday, they had this thing for me at church, and it was a big deal because I it was you know I'd been saved 20 years and God had given me a measure of success, and so they had this big night plan for me that I didn't know about. And it was you remember this story, this is your life, with that TV something, this is your life. Well, they did a this is your life thing. This is no exaggeration. You think God doesn't have a sense of humor, so they take over the service. And, and they're having people come up. My, the pastor that was my pastor that led me to the Lord. I mean, they're driving 100 miles just to be here. It wasn't but a minute later, they had found Dewey Turney, and he came all the way to Oklahoma City to be at that. And at the end of the message that night, I got to about five minutes, he gave his life to Jesus Christ. Yeah. Crazy story. All that to say that we put ourselves in a position, and you never know, these lepers put themselves in a position for a miracle, for greatness to happen. They, they put themselves in the enemy's camp. Who does that? But when you pray dangerous prayers, you get phenomenal results. Going back to my dad. I'm not sure I've been there yet, but I was at 9.30, so sometimes when you preach, hold on. It's a dual Red Bull day. Ah. 
don't criticize me, don't judge me, and don't send me some healthy drink. If I die early, stand over my grave and told him I stopped, told him to stop drinking Red Bull, and I might push up some clover on you. So I, I, I get rid of my car, and then I applied a school that I didn't think I could get into. I got into. Then I have to go tell my dad. Because now, all of a sudden, his son, who was gainfully employed, which we all love gainfully employed children, adult children especially. So I go to tell my dad what's happening, that, that God wants me to preach and that I feel like I need to go learn and, and get, get some education under my belt. And my dad looks at me, and, and he was a Christian, and, and he says, well, I disagree with you. And he said, in fact, I'm not going to help you. I just felt warm and fuzzy. <laughs> Thank you, Father. I needed that. No, I thought, I, 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 you prayed, it's your fault. You and Mama prayed for me to be born again and obey Jesus. But people usually pray for you at their level and what they want for you, not what God wants. How many of you know that? You're praying for your kid to be something else and they, they go off and do something. Just be thankful they're saved. <laughs> and I thought in that moment, I, it just it crushed me because I thought, well, surely my parents are going to be thrilled that, that I'm going to preach the gospel. Well, I think they were, and I think God ordained my dad to say that. Because most of the time, we are more moved by someone's support than God's call. Well, somebody tell me it's okay. God didn't want my dad to tell me it was okay. God wanted me to make this decision independent of anybody else's approval. You don't need someone else's approval to do the will of God. These lepers didn't talk to the king of the city and say, Hey, we think we're going to go over to the Ramian camp. We think we're going to maybe just take our shot there. Is that okay? No. They made a decision in their leprosy in their horrible moment that they were going to trust God. What makes greatness greatness is the great difficulty and challenge that you're facing and you choose to do it anyway. I look at Samson in Judges chapter 16. Samson, if the Bible ever used the word stud it would have used it in Judges 16 because Samson was a stud. He was a man's man. He was just strong. He'd take a jawbone, take on hundreds of people, kill them, rip city gates off that weighed 1,000 pounds and carry them. He was superman. And evidently, he had some really incredible hair, <laughs> something I'm void of. <laughs> If strength was measured by the amount of hair I have on my head, I'd be a weakling. But Samson met Tom Jones. My, my, mind, Delilah. Na, 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 na. <laughs> and how many of you know, it made his knees weak, man. 
And Samson, he's having a good time. She kept saying, what's the, you know, Philistines wanted to find out his secret, why he was so strong, and he was beating them all up. And finally, he gives in and tells her, it's my hair. Well, we all know the story. They cut his hair. He loses his string. They poke his eyes out. It looked, for all practical purposes, Samson was done. But let me tell you something. Greatness, once you've known it, it never quits. You don't give up because you had a moment of failure. You messed up. You jacked up from the neck up. Everything is bad in your life. You never give up. So they're having a celebration over their little God, little G, Dagon. Samson still believed in big G, Jehovah God. And it says, now the ruler of the Philistines assembled to offer a great sacrifice to Dagon, their little G, and to celebrate saying, our little G has delivered Samson, our enemy, into our hands. <laughs> Dr. Seuss got involved with this one. When the people saw him, they praised their little G, saying, our little G has delivered our enemy into our hands. The one who laid waste our land and multiplied our slain. slain. Just had to twist it a little bit. While they were in high spirits, they shouted, Bring out Samson to entertain us. So they called Samson out of the prison, and they, he performed for them. When they stood him among the pillars, Samson said to the servant who held his hand, Put me where I can feel the pillars that support the temple so that I may lean against them. Now the temple was crowded with men and women. All the rulers of the Philistines were there. And on the roof, there were about 3,000 men and women watching Samson perform. That says there were 3,000 men and women on the roof. There were more downstairs. A lot going on. And it says, it goes on to say, then Samson prayed to the Lord, O sovereign Lord, remember me. O God, please strengthen me. Listen to this. Just once more. Just once more. He said, greatness is still resident in my blind life. I'm not giving up. I'm not quitting. I'm not bowing to little G. I'm coming straight to thee. Help me. I don't need to see. I just need to be. I've run out of e e e e e. And let me with one blow get revenge on the Philistines for my two eyes. Then Samson reaches toward the central pillars on which the temple stood bracing himself against them, his right hand on one, his left hand on the other. Samson said, let me die with the Philistines. Then he pushed with all his might, and down came the temple on the rulers and all the people in it. Thus he killed many more when he died than when he lived. Greatness doesn't measure pros and cons. What would be... Are there more pros than there are cons? Greatness says, God, you're almighty. You're all great. It doesn't matter what it looks like. What matters is that I know your will, 
and how I can glorify you. That's what I want to do. Some of you have bowed your knee to difficulty, criticism, mistakes, sin, past. The devil loves to remind you of your past. And as one man said one time, when he starts reminding you of your past, remind him of his future. He's going to be cast into the abyss forever and ever and ever. No longer able to taunt the people of God because we'll be at the feet of Jesus where Jesus himself will be the light of heaven and we will live with him forever and ever and ever. And I hope the devil has it on a big plasma screen, a big screen down in hell in the abyss watching us praise God and worship him and giving him glory knowing he could have been there. He chose not to. Don't choose the way he chose. It's not about our glory, it's about His glory. And the greatness that works through us brings glory to Him. Some of you have contemplated giving up, quitting, stepping down, stepping away. I've done too much. Your sin cannot compare with the greatness of His cross. You cannot out the cross of Christ. And you know, you've been told all the things you've done and all that you've been... But I'm telling people my latter years will be greater than my former years. And I've had some great former years, so get ready for the latter years to even be greater. I prophesy today that this world will not come to a grand conclusion without a grand revival. God will not be defeated, nor will he be mocked, the Bible says. And those of you who say, well, Jesus is coming back, not before he sweeps the earth with his spirit. Not before people, children, family members, moms, dads, brothers, sisters come to Jesus Christ. He will be glorified through those who turn to him. Great people are not always perfect. Perfect people are not always great. Greatness is the result of people who will bow their knee to Jesus and say, whatever it costs me. I'll pay the price. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they refused to bow their knee to the idol of, and worship it. And, and they were, how many of you know there's always a tattletale in the crowd? A king, there are three little Hebrew children, they won't bow. And they didn't go, well, look, look, let's negotiate. They just simply said, we're not bowing our knee, O king. So you can do whatever you need to do. And, and you can throw us in the fire, and, and our God will save us. And even if he doesn't, we're not going to worship your God. Well, we know the story. The, the fire was so hot that it, the people that threw him in were burned, and they're in there roasting wieners. They're making s'mores. Okay, that's just the, the modern-day translation. But they're seated in there. This fire is so violently hot it's unimaginable. And there is, they're sitting in there like they're in air conditioning. And finally, the king looks down and sees and he sees a fourth one. Man in there, it's like, like the glory of God. It was the glory of God because when God puts you in the fire, he'll go in with you. When you find yourself in there, it's not to destroy you. It's to refine you. It's to prepare you for the great things he has to burn off the chaff of sin and self. We know the story that they go let him out. And, and this is the greatness of God. God didn't have to do this. It was enough that they, they weren't even singed, the Bible says. But they didn't even smell like smoke. Come on, Jesus. 
Now, some of y'all think this will apply to cigarettes. It doesn't. You're going to stink when you're done. Honey, let me pray. I don't like the smell of it. And God will take, no, he won't. This is one of those special moments of greatness. And, of course, the ones who accused got thrown in. Wouldn't that be fun to watch that? I mean, I'm, that's just my flesh talking. There was nothing spiritual about that. But it, it, you can imagine the reward of these guys going... As those guys are thrown with their families into the flames. Oh, then, then uh, what about Daniel? Don't pray. Don't pray. This Daniel guy keeps praying. Well, it says after they told him not to pray, he's kicking the windows open three times a day. Now, you know what most of us would have done? We would have kept the windows closed, and we would have gotten down on our knees. Oh, Jesus, I, you know they don't want me to pray, but I'm praying to you. No, and I just, <laughs> Kick those wood down. Hey! Jehovah God, it's Daniel. <laughs> I'm told I can't pray to you, but here I am. <laughs> but the government said, don't do it. Okay. And so they said, well, we're going to feed you to the kit kitty cats. We're throwing you to the lions. Daniel said, do what you got to do. Do what you got to do. I, I'm going to serve God. See, in the midst of opposition and threats and we're going to kill you, Daniel said, look, either God delivers me or he doesn't. I can't lose either way. I can't lose. You see, greatness doesn't happen because you, you're asked to do something simple. It happens because you put great faith in God, and God will do great things through people who exercise great faith in Him. As we know, Daniel goes to lion den, lion's den. He's chilling. They don't even get near him. Just sitting there. Once again, king's going, what can we do to these Hebrew children? We're not afraid of anything, not afraid of us, not afraid. He just walks out with a red bull. If you're not around people that challenge the status quo, you'll never be great. And you'll never see great things happen. Greatness is not defined by celebrity or popularity. Greatness is defined by a willingness to stand up for righteousness. I think about David. Little wee little David. Little cute, little ruddy, good-looking David. That's what the Bible says, he was good-looking I don't know why God did that. I don't know. Maybe it's for all you good-looking people. And he says, hey, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that is shouting against my God? And, of course, his brothers are critical of him. Hello. 
who are you? Go back to daddy. Go back and take care of the few little sheep you're taking care of. He said, oh, hold on. That's Hebrew for shut up. And he says, what will be done for the man who kills him? Well, now they're really mad because David's talking big and he's little. And, of course, we know the story. Saul tries to put his armor on him, and theologians say, metaphorically speaking, that, that you know, it, it wasn't the armor on the outside. It's the armor of the heart, if you will, that, that God, God would do this, not by the strength of man, but by the strength of his spirit. And David goes out, and, and David doesn't say, well, I think I can do it. He looks at the giant and says, today I'll give your head to the birds of the air. Can you imagine? I mean, if I'm a giant and some little guy's talking to me like that, I'm thinking, I'm a little afraid, just, just a touch afraid. And then when I see the sword, you know, no, I got Goliath got stoned. That's all I can tell you. Once again, right in the forehead, because David decides greatness is in me. It doesn't come easy. It comes with faith and obedience in God. Some of y'all got giants. Some of y'all have mountains in front of you. Some of y'all have been cast into the fire. Some of you have been put in the lion's den. And you've just said it's just too much. But God says, no, I'm more than enough for your too much. Elijah pulled on Elisha. Elisha's just plowing a field. Elijah saw greatness in him. He said, let's go. Come on, follow me. Mordecai let Esther know, yeah, you're beautiful. And you've been put in a foreign kingdom and you're being treated real well with beauty treatments everything's great can you imagine just for a moment being Esther going hold it man life's great I'm at the spa every day I'm living a great life I have the best food but Mordecai comes and says you know what who knows but what you were put in the kingdom for such a time as this and as we know he pulled on greatness and greatness came out of her and she saved the entire nation you think that was easy? It reads great. It reads easy. But I can promise you Esther had to have a million things going in her mind when she approaches the king. Because if you approach a king without an invitation and he didn't extend his scepter toward you, you were immediately killed. So she takes the courage to be great and goes in before the king. And he extends the scepter. And at that point, the rest is history. And we know how it ended up. There's greatness in you. There's greatness in us. There's greatness in God's house. There's greatness in God's church. But the church has not acted great. We have not acted great. We have not been strong. We have not been a voice. We have not been a force to reckon with. We've bowed our knees to the wrong gods. And I know some of y'all don't want to hear that. Some of you watching don't want to hear that. But let me tell you something. I will stand before Jesus for how I led and how I pastored and how I preached. And I want him to say, son, you were misunderstood. But I totally understood. And I stand with you. And I will go with you. And I will fight with you. And I will be in your side. Listen to me. We've got to quit believing that big government is God. That's little G. He is big G. I'm not trying to create upheaval today, but let me just tell you something. The day is coming when those who are alive are going to have to make a decision to take the injection of the mark or not take it. And quite frankly, I don't want to be in that position and take something that I'm not supposed to be taking. And don't hear me say what you think you hear me saying because you didn't hear me say that at all. So don't try to pin something on me. 
All I'm telling you is we better stand up, we better speak up, we better step up, and we better trust God like Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, David. We better stand up and rise up and say the big G always overcomes the little G. You just wait and see. And I just decided I'm old enough that if this thing dies, I live. Because I'm just telling you right now, I'm watching this from coast to coast and around the world. And I'm just telling you, there is no way to negotiate with evil. Jesus didn't. God didn't. God doesn't. Jesus doesn't. You cannot negotiate with an evil plan to suppress the liberties that come in Christ, the liberties that were fought for in our nation. We must stand and honor those who honored us enough to give their lives for the freedoms that are now being challenged. And I, for one, will stand. I'd rather die than live in a mess in disobedience to God. So you're in the right place at the right time. We position ourselves as David did. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego positioned themselves. As Daniel positioned himself. As David positioned himself for a miracle. When it looks like the Red Sea is in front of you. like, And you're just going, how do we get across this? When the Jordan is at flood stage. And, and God says, I want you to walk in. And I want you to walk across. And I want you to trust me. When the walls of water are higher than you can see. They're skyscraper high. And we look and say, wasn't it wonderful? And they're looking and walking across and dry ground. Going, boy, I sure hope God doesn't get mad in the middle of this sea. <laughs> greatness is greatness. Because it goes against the grain of the human mind to obey an invisible God. I stand on this stage for no other reason than I will obey Jesus Christ no matter what it costs. And I will do this the rest of my life. But I'm not going to do it quietly and I'm not going quietly. So if you want to go to a a little quiet little church that's politically correct, you are definitely not in the right place. I'm going to challenge the status quo. I'm going to challenge the way of thinking. And I had one lady that told me, just follow the science. I said, I'm not following your science. You know how many categories of science there is out there? I mean, they act all intelligent. Follow the science. Knucklehead. we got to understand something. The whole idea of fear is to incarcerate the greatness of God in your life. People who are afraid don't do what God's called them to do. You're going to have to stand up. You're going to have to rise up. You're going to have to speak up. Who knows but what you're an Esther. Who knows but what you're a David. And the, the, the Goliaths in this world are barking and they're big and they seem overshadowing, but greater is our God in us than everything going on in this world. So you can get mad at me if you want. I'll end up being right. And if I'm not right and I'm dead, stand over my grave and say something, I'll be in heaven. Don't really care. I'm a little fired up. I got another Red Bull to go. Today I'll be dancing with God. 
look, and those of you watching online, listen very carefully to me. It's time for you to get up. It's time for you to get in the house. It's time for you to get up. It's time for you to get in the house. Trust me, there's a lot more germs at Walmart than there is at Mosaic. And Target, too. For all of you French shoppers, Target has germs, too. All right, probably ought to pray. I could, I could tell you what, if I was, I, I could, yeah, anyway, pray. Let's pray. Lord, thank you. You're an awesome God. Jesus, thank you for showing us that there are times that you have to stand up against and stand up for. Stand up against the powers of darkness that come to steal the light of God, which we know darkness cannot overtake the light, but light overtakes the darkness. We'll stand up and be the light of the world. Lord, it'll change things. So I pray today, God, for all of us to find strength to hear the right voices so we make the right choices. With every head bowed, every eye closed, there may be those of you that say, man, I'm scared to death, and I've talked to more people that are scared to death right now, and there's no need to be scared to death. Because God is God. He's a good God. And so what I want to do right now is ask all of you to pray with me. Even those of you who are born again, pray it. Pray it strong. Pray it loud. And those of you watching online, this is your day of liberty. This is your day of freedom. Because when you get saved and you truly allow the salvation of God to embrace your soul and the thoughts of God, the Bible, the Word of God in your mind, sharper than any two-edged sword, it's a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. It will illuminate your life. You've been walking in darkness as God's, and God's calling you out right now. I want everyone to pray this with me. Those of you watching online, pray this with me. Say, Father God, thank you so much for sending your only son to suffer and die for my sin. Jesus, thank you for giving your life for me. Today I give my life to you. I repent of my sin, and I declare I am forgiven. I am saved. There is greatness in my life. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time or to recommit your life, I want to ask you to do me a favor and text the word SAVED to 405-513-10. Text the word SAVED, 405-513-10. Put your name on there too, please. Let us know. We can pray for you, pray with you. Listen, there's greatness in you. Quit believing the lies you've been told your whole life. You'll never amount to anything. Nothing good ever happens in our family. Let me tell you, God flipped the switch right now. Good things are going to happen. Great things are going to happen. God's best is before you. Walk in that way. Hello, this is Pastor Mark Crow. I just want to take a quick moment to thank you for joining us online. We hope you have a blessed week this week. and Get to be a blessing to those around you. I want to invite you to join us at Mosaic Church OKC next week at 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. Or join us online. God bless you.